Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends and ValHart.com. Welcome to the Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Laura Rudisil. She's a, mo- a wife, a mother, and a Pennsylvania business owner and has discovered her passion for writing in 2005. I actually met Laura at an author's conference, and I so loved her energy and passion, and of course she's an a-, a fellow animal lover too. I really wanted to have her on the show. She was telling me that she took a vacation along the eastern shore in Virginia with her family, and she witnessed the famous Chincoteague Island wild pony pinning, swimming, and auction. And that firsthand experience inspired the tickle, which became her latest novel, Saltwater Cowboy. In addition to the wild herd of ponies, the Chincoteague National Wildlife Refuge, which also includes the Assateague Island, it offers a migration habitat to countless bird species, some of which are on the National Register of Threatened Species. The characters within the fictional cast of her book, Saltwater Cowboy, invite readers to the eastern seashore to enjoy this unique blend of wildlife and beach living. Welcome, Laura. Thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate it, Val. Thanks for having me. Great. So I am just dying to know what in the world intrigued you to write about the Chincoteague Island. Well, we have gone down several times as a, as a family for vacationing, and of course the ponies are there, which is not a normal, typical sight to see at the ocean. Yeah. So it began with that, and I think also just the fact that it's this tiny little quaint community, uh, not your hustle and bustle, boardwalk crowd. Um, it's just a really nice place to go and sit and unwind. Oh, um, cool. Yes, and we we had gone down several years and, and, and always just loved every aspect that it offers. But mm. on one particular year, we realized um, that we had booked during the week of the pony penning, which was not something that was done intentionally. Oh, really? Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> we do enjoy the quaint and quietness. And unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, uh, <laughs> when you go down for the pony penning, um, lots of people are, are there to witness this one-of-a-kind event. Yeah. And uh, so there were lots and lots and lots of people there. Um, so we did our best to sort of skirt around the, the, the busiest times and mm-hmm. uh, ended up getting a front row seat to the herding across the marsh. 
Wow. And yes, and so, they so bring. So describe describe the scene for us. Take us there. Help well, us. we were there. We, like I said, trying to avoid the craziness. Well, prior to this, a few the week before this event to happen to us, the, they bring in men, um, some of which are the firefighters of Chincoteague Island um, Volunteer Firefighter Company, but okay. they also do bring in some other guys as well to help, and that's where they got the term saltwater cowboys. So they actually go out oh. across the island, bringing in. It is a wild herd. And they bring them into a corral and hold them there. And people can view them, which is why lots of vacationers do um, schedule around that week. Um, okay. And then they're in a holding pen, so you can get an up-close uh, view of them. But this particular morning, we were sitting on the road to the beach, wondering why the traffic was stopped. And with that, the entire herd came down the road in front of us. Wow. And here, in our effort to avoid, we were literally in uh, the front row. In the mid- wow. Yes, and they have a gate that they open, and the the cowboys usher them into this open marsh, and they just take off, which is just spectacular. Wow. And uh, yes, it's a 150 plus um, ponies and foals. Their their permit only permits them to have 150 maintained within their herd. Um, okay. Which is again something that, that the event became, uh, you know, worked around. But uh-huh. they took off through and there was one and I actually incorporated that into the novel. One little foal who was like a rebel and took off in the wrong direction and, and the cowboys went after him to, to bring him back in with the group. But it was, um, just an incredible with the bay in the background and the marshlands and the, uh-huh. you know, the water kicking up under their bellies. It was, it was spectacular, and, and then they settle in, you know, and they get them over to um, a point where they can rest, and then they wait um, for slack tide, which is the time between high and low tides when the water is is nearly still, mm-hmm. and the, then they have the ponies actually swim the channel from Assateague to Chincoteague Island um, to continue with the event. So that is, you know, seeing that happen um, by total accident was... Um, you know, two years later became uh, the, the the plot line for the book. So. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I have to tell you, when I was a little girl, I was a horse-crazy tomboy mm-hmm. <laughs> who mm-hmm. completely fell head over heels in, in love with horses when I was about five years old. Mm. And um, I remember reading the wonderful book the Chin- about the Chincoteague ponies. Yes, Marguerite Henry. Oh, yes, and the Missy yeah. of Chincoteague. That's really what That's brought it right. to right. a national it's- awareness. That's yeah. what made the, the herd really, really, truly famous. Right, right. Um, and that's another interesting story. My mother likes to tell me that, and, and we did go. She always says that she was my first uh, invite to Chincoteague, and she oh. took us down to see the, the real Misty. And uh, I was really? only but nine months old. So I oh. tell her it, it doesn't count. <laughs> There's, there's no photographic proof that we can find. Supposedly, there's pictures somewhere in our archives, but oh, my family wow. did actually go to see Misty. So I, I guess the tickle might have been been put in my belly a long time before I remember uh, it. But I so, <laughs> yes, indeed, you were hooked, and you didn't even know I it. I didn't even know it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, I'm so jealous. Um, I, I I understand. Probably not memorable at nine months old, but, but still, okay. what a great story. <laughs> sure, sure. You were you were touched forever forever altered and changed by that's, me. That's for sure. I love that. How wonderful. Oh, mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So um so all the are the wild ponies visible to anyone who visits the island, or the, can you really only see them during the pinning? No, they're well. They're most accessible, of course, during the pinning because they're they're corralled. But for the most part. Yeah. 
there's a, there's a small herd that's kept on the um, the southern part of Chincoteague, and okay. and when you go through and drive through the National Wildlife Refuge, um, more often than not, you you will see a small herd, and and I'm talking you know seven maybe seven to twelve, not oh. not big 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 clusters, not 150 by any stretch. Yeah, the okay. majority of them are scattered um, over the northern um, part of Chincoteague, and that's accessible if you really wanted to go for a hike. Um, uh-huh, you know, if you uh-huh. wanted to go for a walk on the beach, um, unlike up at the at the Maryland side of Assateague, um, which is where we also have vacationed, where the ponies are are really a, can literally be standing next to you while you're sunbathing. Uh, wow. Chincoteague is it, they are much more encouraged to be wild and 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 not right on top of you. But it it does it does happen. Um, mm-hmm. But they have more with the refuge being uh, you know many 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 acres. Um, mm. That there's there's a lot of places like fourteen thousand acres to be I think oh, precise. Oh my goodness! Um, okay. There there's a good place you know they they prefer to be by themselves. Well, sure. Yeah. Yes. I, but yes, you can yeah. see them, and of course there are there are businesses on Chincoteague that have descendants of Misty and descendants of the herd, so you certainly can see ponies. Um, I, the, the, so vacationers, when they come, of course, I prefer to see them uh, in the wild, but there's penning. Uh, the penning makes them de- definitely more accessible. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if they're in the pens and stuff, so I think what I'm stuck with is, so why, the, the ponies are rounded up to minimize and to manage the herd so it doesn't overwhelm the area? Yes, correct. correct. The, the um, well, what happened, and, and I'm not completely accurate on all my facts, but like in 1925, there was a devastating fire to the town of Chincoteague, and at that point, they did not have a, a really good setup firefighting um, core. So the okay. volunteer firefighters um, became very active in in finding oh. a way to protect their town and the village. So they were granted uh, in 1946 from the Federal Wildlife Refuge System a a permit that would let them keep 150 grazing ponies. So obviously when they're wild, they're going to be making babies. So Mm -hmm. they they bring them in once a year and and do an auction off of foals and and can evaluate, you know, the livestock and all of that. Okay. And then they return so that the, the herd will always be maintained. Okay. So they bring them in to uh, the swim that I talked about earlier. Yes. And they swim them over to the fairgrounds, and then they're paraded down, which is, is, is also controlled for them being wild herd. I think that that's what, what another thing that just sort of amazed me. Yeah. And they take them take them into the fairgrounds again, where people um, are very actively viewing this. I mean, it it's it's a hotbed of activity for that that period. Cool. And then they're uh, they're auctioned, and and amazingly enough, last year I did look it up. Last year, fifty nine foals were sold, and they were sold uh, sold between a um, thousand and eight thousand dollars each, mm, wow. and which is you know, and that money is distributed for all kinds of causes, but also to okay. maintain the safety of that community and the and the and the volunteer okay. firefighter company. So, um, okay. and then they re- they return the herd. The herd is only in town for three days, and they're okay. they're swum back across and released again to live wild for another year. Wow. Um, so it's it it really is um, you know quite a a, a unique activity um, yeah, that occurs on the East Coast. It certainly is. Well, I wasn't aware that it, there was so much history behind it. 
Yes, there. I mean, yeah. really, when you when you get in and looking to it, I mean, to think that this this island is seven miles long and a mile and a half wide. So we're mm-hmm. talking a tiny, tiny piece of property. Mm-hmm. And you know, back when you think about it in the nineteen nineteen twenty five, for for the island, yeah, a small fire could become a big fire in yes. in a very short period of time without the proper equipment. So mm-hmm. yes, a very um, an interesting resolution to a pretty severe problem. Yeah. Uh, yes, and this year marks uh, the 86th year of the Chincoteague Annual Pony Swim. So, I mean, wow. it, it has been going on for, for quite some time. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love this. I, lo- I can just see it in my mind. <laughs> oh, so, so let's talk about the Chincoteague National Wildlife Refuge and the Assateague National Seashore. You said they're active migratory bird habitats. Yes, and I just actually, uh, yes, I just got back last weekend. We were down in April, uh, which was the first spring trip that I made down. I actually was down uh, with the book uh, Mm -hmm. to promote Saltwater Cowboy itself, but it was the first time that I saw the wetlands full because normally we go in July. Of course, it's, you know, wicked hot, and uh, most of those (laughs) wetlands are dry. So oh, it was oh, really, really okay. spectacular. You see um, the wading birds, which would be your your egrets, your herons, uh, your glossy ibis, things like that. Mm-hmm. If you go out to the ocean side, you're going to see, um, you know, plovers and oyster catchers and all of those. Of course, mm-hmm. seagulls, mm-hmm. waterfowl and ducks, mm-hmm. um, songbirds, mm-hmm. kingfishers, and my favorite, of course, would be the raptors. You've got your bald eagle and your osprey. Um, But the island itself, I mean, it's got maritime forest, it has saltwater marsh, it has freshwater marsh, it has beach, and it is 14,000 acres of this combined habitat. Um, And it is a national um, seashore, it is a national wildlife refuge, so they are not, they are not uh, spraying for bugs, they are, it is, it is exactly what it needs to be and exactly what we're losing, um, these habitats for these endangered species. So it's, wow. it, again, to drive through that on your way to the seashore and be able to see um, animals that, that maybe need our help and animals that are just uh, birds and things that are stopping by because this habitat is maintained for them and they have a, a sanctuary and I do know your audience, uh, you know, being animal lovers, one note to take if anybody decides to go to Chincoteague, um, Assateague's, uh National Seashore, no dogs, not even in your oh, car. Really? Oh, So wow. you, okay. you can take them on vacation, but when you go to cross the bridge and, and go into Assateague, if you have even the tiniest of puppy in your car, they're going to turn you around. Wow. And that is for the protection, again, of the species. Mm. Um, they have the okay. fox squirrel, which is endangered, um, and, and they're making great strides um, to, to, to protect and save these species. Okay. And uh, that's another thing. There's a um, Herbert H. Bateman Educational Center, which is something I have a, a young son who is all about nature. Mm-hmm. And we go there every year as part of our vacation, and it's just a walkthrough. But the mm-hmm. displays are magnificent, and that mm-hmm. is, again, what – what what helped to motivate the plot for the novel that I wrote, they have a, a big display on the plover and the fact that it was, you know, threatened, uh, endangered, I think, at one point um, and brought up to threatened. Um, and even with all of the efforts made by that staff and, and all of the Park Service employees that are working, you know, to protect these, 
you know, it's still our, our environmental issues and the parts that we all play that are that are threatening these species. And and I do think that that's something very often when you're slapping on your sunscreen and getting ready to spend the day in the ocean that you forget you might be tromping over somebody's nest. Or yeah. um, so that was that was important to me also to bring awareness that there are individuals there and and the lead female character in my novel it works for the Park Service and one of her efforts is is roping off these nests and keeping people off of them um, mm. to maintain a species. And mm. I think very often uh, you don't think about that when you're at the seashore, and that's another one of the beauties of Chincoteague and Assateague as far as it's it's right there in front of you. You're driving through it. And um, it, it just is it's very refreshing to to make that awareness to everybody very easily accessible. Um, and there is, you know, stuff we can all do to, to make a change and make a difference. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, um, have, can you tell us about any bird sightings that you've seen that were, that really? Well, uh, being down just you? this past April, you know, seeing the, the big, big herons, uh, in the water, there's sometimes you, you catch a view. Um, there are very, very serious bird watchers that go. I have to confess, I'm not quite that serious. Don't have all my <laughs> gear on. Don't know everything uh, by name. Okay. But as a child, I always, you know, now I'm really going to date myself, but when you would get up in the morning and they'd start the television with the national anthem and the bald eagle was there, and uh-huh. I never thought I'd see one. I just thought that they were out west and that was that. And yeah. Um, we were down, I want to say three years ago and going, driving through, there's a, a four mile nature loop that you can drive through after four o'clock, before four o'clock, only bikes and foot travel. And, uh, so we're going through and everybody was stopped and we looked across the field and, and sitting on the branch of the tree was my first official bald eagle. And oh, we wow. sat, now he was far away. We had our binoculars, so we, we did look, but we sat and just, just looked at the majesty of that for oh probably a half an hour. I mean, and he was just oh. sitting still. <laughs> wow. But uh, oh. that was a big moment for me. Childhood dream realized, and oh. I did get on um, the environmental um, center's website. Just to, they have a camera that's actually set up on a nesting pair, oh. and uh, you can actually get on and 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 look look at it and. Um, I went in to just see if I could find it because I, I'm fascinated by them. And mm-hmm. there was a note that said, unfortunately, on February 25th, when we had high winds roll through the eastern shore, the nest had lost its eggs. Oh. And everybody was so sad, and they said that the yeah. pair went furiously back to, to fixing its nest, and the, the people thought that it was probably too late. And then on April Fools, the Eagles played the best joke on everybody, and the female has been um, on camera sitting tight on another egg. So, um, you know, so that was just a real thrill oh for me. And uh, and I have seen uh, since that very first bald eagle sighting. I have seen uh, a bald eagle every year since. So, wow, um, that okay. to me is just you know wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I got chill bumps. I just think this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing birds. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, so do you find that people are more aware of the rate of the growing number of threatened species or do you find that people are mostly unconscious about that? I would love to say people are getting more and more aware, but I I do think that we we have just become a society that if it's not in your own backyard affecting you on a day-to-day that that you know that maybe you don't pay attention as much. 
Yeah. And uh, I love to be aware, and and yet I, you know, I do make my efforts in recycling and things like that. But yeah. I'm sure there's always more that all of us can do. Um, yeah. But I do really. I'm, I, again, it's a four-hour trip from where I live, but I I, mm-hmm. I just don't really like to vacation anywhere else. Uh, you know, no. it's uh, because because of that. It's such a such a blend of everything, uh, and and just to be able to go through even one time, even a visit to the website, you know, and and just to just to see, I think birds oftentimes are overlooked because they're not a panda bear or a polar bear, mm-hmm. um, right. but there there are some some little guys that are vital, and and you know we're we're doing the things with uh, construction and and habitat and not recycling and beach erosion. I mean all all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, you know, when they ask you not to walk on the sand dunes, it's not just because they don't want footprints. I mean, there's a real reason. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think that uh, we all could always do more. And yeah. I think just bringing, bringing the awareness to it, um, the pink, the, you know, the ponies, of course, are a big hook. It's the only place you're going to see the ponies, and they're mm-hmm. fabulous. But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. while you're there to be able to be spending time, on the refuge and along the national seashore, um, you know they're they're putting it right in your in your in your drive path there. So you're going yes. to look at it and take notice. Yes, and that's what's so important. But like 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 how you're saying, it's like what we don't know and what we don't respect and aren't you know taught about and mm-hmm. have learned to love. Mm-hmm. We don't protect. You know we yes. don't take care of. We are oblivious. We yes. We just like you said, we tromp all over the nest and have mm-hmm. no idea why and. And then we wonder what happened to the health and well-being of our planet. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, it's not just a bunch of birds over there. It's, right. Uh, it's an intricate and incredibly integral part of our planet's health. Yeah, the full circle. Absolutely. The full circle. Yes, that's right. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so, speaking of which, how important is it then, the Chincoteague National Wildlife Refuge and the Assateague National seashore what are the challenges faced in the area do you know i mean how, how well i think i, I was this? a little bit surprised in in looking through some of my research that even even though all of the efforts that that have been made um since 1985 like just for the mm-hmm. plovers being mm-hmm. uh the atlantic okay. coast piping plovers a threatened species and mm-hmm. everything they've done and even this display that i'm talking about that shows you i mean there was an increase um from 790 pairs of nesting uh, nesting pairs to 1,800 it, by 2007, but that still isn't enough to get them off the threatened list. So I think that, uh, and, and of course that's just one species. I I think that that probably the 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 biggest hurdle is 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 getting those of us who aren't aware, getting us aware, and getting us to commit to making a difference, getting okay. us to know. Uh, you know that 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 there are efforts that to be made, but I'm I'm not sure. I know the fox squirrel um, is an endangered species, and and I have seen those um, mm-hmm. on on Assateague as well. Okay. So they're there, and and those individuals that dedicate their lives to doing it. Um, you know, I just think that very often you think, oh, the the national parks need money. Yeah, they really do, and and it's important because some yeah. of those those lands, they're the last ones that we're really holding on to, and. Yeah. Um, I would like my grandchildren and my grandchildren's grandchildren to be able to see, you know, Atlantic plovers and gray squirrel, mm-hmm. fox squirrels. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. I just I just would hope, you know, that that we we all just become a little more aware 
And just being conscious in your own state, you know, it might not be the Atlantic Coast Clover. It, it might mm-hmm. just anything, just being a little more aware and, and that one little piece of recycle that, that's a, a pain in the rear end to put it in the right place, put it in the right place. You know? <laughs> yeah, take that extra second and do the right thing. Right, because yeah. it does make it does make a difference. It, it does. does make a difference. I think that's one of the problems, though. You know, we... We think our efforts are too little and too mm-hmm. nothing, and it's too far away. We can't. Mm-hmm. We feel powerless. Yeah. You know, in the face of the what seem to be insurmountable, you know, world events and crap going on, speaking yeah. language. Um, but you know, in the face of that, we tend to feel powerless, and then we don't do our part, and right. we don't speak up, and we don't commit, and we don't put our money where our heart is. Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't follow through, mm-hmm. um, and then we lose that which is most precious yes and that was again one of the inspirations for the book and and yeah. and like i said the, the 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 ponies are the call of course but having yeah. a lead character that's being mm-hmm. active in that national uh seashore environment mm-hmm. i i had people in pennsylvania i mean it is only four hours from here say oh i've never been there and i didn't realize and uh-huh. and and yes it's a fiction romance novel but if it brings just a thought just just mm-hmm. one visit to those websites or one visit to that community uh, you know that that to me is it, it is it's it's taking the blinders off just just for a little while and and so you yeah. are conscious yeah. sure yes yes thank you for saying that that was very well put <laughs> so and speaking of your book let's talk about your book so so tell people about saltwater cowboy well saltwater cowboy like I said seeing the herd go across the marsh was was an accident and and I'm so glad it was an accident a divinely transpired. <laughs> <laughs> you just well, didn't get the memo. It was on your itinerary. That's though. exactly right. And and I did. I had a girlfriend say to me in jest. She said, "Well, if you just get a look at a cowboy, wouldn't it be worth it?" And I just yeah. say, you know, well, yum yum, you know. <laughs> so I did go down looking for my my lead character Murphy. And I have to say, really? I didn't I didn't find Murphy. But but uh, seeing the ponies and and what have you, the the book was inspired. So Murphy is actually uh, my fictional Murphy is a Montana rancher who ends up joining the, the efforts of the saltwater cowboys because his good friend throws an appendicitis and he fills in. So he's there sort of by accident as well. And uh, and it is a lighthearted romance, so of course he's going to stumble across um, our leading lady, Jess, who is our environmentalist. And and, and it does, it, it surrounds the two weeks leading up to the pony swim, the pony event, the pony auction, but is tied together with nice heartstrings and romantic uh, flavors. So. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I love it. And, and, and again, a, a lot of what inspired the locations in the novel, um, some of which, you know, have been bought out by big business and aren't going to be there in five years, which makes me sad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the national, of course, our national seashore and our national wildlife refuge will, will be protected, I'm sure, at all costs. And mm-hmm. um, it's just a nice way, I think, to bring attention, again, to to the, the ponies, which yeah. is where else can you go to see wild ponies on an, on an eastern seashore. Yeah. And, uh, and just get yourself down there into that community. And, of course, the vacationing dollars, you know, spin the wheels, make everything more successful. So it's... Mm. It's sort of a win-win for everybody, but I love the story. I love my Murphy. I love my Jess, you know. (laughs) And I love that. You know, it is sort of like they become real real people. You know, they may have been born in imagination or fiction or by the muse that gave it to us, uh, gave the concept, but the, the stories become real and they're and they're representative 
of of real of of our hearts, you know, of Absolutely. our of our, of our real self. My so. my two boys like to kid me because when I'm when I'm working on a project and I'll say, oh that that Rudy cracks me up, or that Murphy, oh he cracks me up, and and true? my older son will go, mom, it's you, you know. <laughs> so I I think they do think I lose my sanity when I'm neck deep in the process, <laughs> but uh, they do. They become. I do tend to talk li- about my fictional characters as yeah. friends, so I don't yeah. know what that yeah. says about me, but. No. <laughs> I I mean I do love it. I just love it. Yeah. Well, you know that follows along with how literature has affected us and all. You know, in our society. I mean, one of the things that holds us together as a society and culture is our literature. Yes. You know, we have they create concepts and archetypal energies and things that we relate to and understand. It's it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think uh, authors and the, the literature and the storytelling. Yeah. It's so dramatic. I mean, uh, history and important things have always been told through story. Right. You know, and what you are as a storyteller mm-hmm. uh, with an important message. And I really, really appreciate it, especially the way you've put it on, because I do, in fact, love romance books also. My dad, <laughs> this is so funny, my dad loved romance books, which, you know, you don't normally think that, that men get off to I that. I have but... been very surprised with the amount of feedback <laughs> I get from men. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, they do, they do. So especially with a good, strong, you know, Murphy saltwater cowboy character in there Mm -hmm. i think they would enjoy it also okay everybody so the pony pin uh swim and pinning and auction and all that stuff when does it take place it's it's the third weekend of of july this year uh it would be uh, july 27th of 2011 is the actual swim day okay um and then the weekend following again it's a very short turnaround period of the auction and then go back but yeah in in mid-july Okay, so um, if you are listening to this and it's before that time, um, you might want to make plans. If you can get there, then then go support the cause mm-hmm. and join in the fun and you know have your heart touched and inspired. And you know, who knows, you might go home with a pony. Yeah. <laughs> I would say be careful of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one, but maybe. Yeah. Um, and um, and if not, I mean, and take your family and your friends and your you know children and stuff. It'll change their life. Yeah. You know, and enjoy the sh- the seashore and you know and contribute, make an awareness, uh, contribute by becoming more consciously aware and make a difference because all of us can. We just have the intention to do so, and we will. Mm-hmm. Great. So, and if it's after that time, not to worry. Check your schedule again. Make a plan for next summer. Yes, and that's so, just it. Yeah. The ponies are the ponies are there to be seen all the time, and mm-hmm. and like I said, I just got back in April, and and uh, an off season trip is just as lovely. You're going to see mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's it's just Chincoteague in general is definitely one to put on your calendar. You know, put that on your bucket list and get yourself there one time or another. I love that. That's a great great suggestion. So get it on your bucket list. I know it's on mine. Um, <laughs> and there are other events, like you said, uh, that go on. You know, during the many. year, um, yes, and the Chincoteague Center on the island and all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, and get a copy of your book. <laughs> yes, that would be okay. great too. <laughs> so, so tell people how can they find your book? Um, I am on Amazon.com. Okay. Uh, and Laura Rudisil, uh, I'll spell it real quick because it's an odd back name. R U D A C I L L E. Okay. And uh, Amazon.com, or I'm on Facebook as well as LauraRudisil.com. Okay. L-A-U-R-A-R-U-D-A-C-I-L-L-E.com, yeah. Laura Rudisil, and your book, uh, Saltwater Cowboy, and you have some others also, I believe. Yes, um, I have 
Yeah, and they would be on Amazon as well. Here's the thing is my other fun fiction. Great, great. So, uh, so yeah, so check that out. Um, and I really hope that everybody has a new appreciation for the Chincoteague Island Ponies. Um, Misty, who has always been near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just love what you're doing, Laura. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity, Val. You're, wel- you're welcome. So um, <laughs> keep us in touch. Um, send us some pictures if, uh, when you go again next time. Okie doke. And I uh, would love to hear more. That sounds great. Okay. Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you later, Laura. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life.